0: Hi, welcome to Two Towns Over. This show was made possible by our patrons, so if you would like to support us, we're at patreon.com slash twotownsover. If you can't afford monetary donations, we are also at facebook.com slash And If you would share us around and give us five-star ratings on whatever podcast you're into, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show.
1: If living in the 80s taught me anything, if it's bad, it must be Satan.
0: <laughs> like we were rolling past the island, we hadn't done anything yet. we were just scoping things out and he sent me a chat like a uh, not a chat, um a party request. He wanted me to party up and I was like, "Should I should I accept?" Josh was like, "No." no was like,
2: you so you never ever ever accept a random party invite on Xbox. Yeah, that's... And I don't I think was that, like, that,
1: mm. that that lesson serves well in life, period. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh.
2: So, <laughs> well, I didn't
0: know if, if etiquette changed for Sea of Thieves was really what well, my question was.
2: So, I mean, especially when it's like we were in a situation like that where we were literally there to steal from them. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, You for sure don't, Uh, because lots of slurs Uh, for one, but also... Uh, it's not real common anymore, but sometimes people will still try to invite you to a party so they can grab your IP and DDoS you. Yeah. What is DDoS? DDoS. DDoS. Like, um... uh, distributed Denial of Service. Oh. It basically, is, is it the
0: one where they basically send a lot of
2: information packets? Yep, And exactly. crash your they, shit? They you overwhelm know? your internet with packets, which will cause it to crash and your internet will go down a bunch of dicks. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's illegal.
0: Over ones and zeros. Yep. Yeah. Over just time. Uh-huh. Like, it's literally, if we had lost everything last night, I would have been upset for about three minutes.
2: Yeah, if that.
0: If that. I would have been like, God damn it.
2: It's All I, right, what next? Like, I wouldn't have been bummed about any of it because, like, it was all stolen already. Yeah. <laughs> but,
0: but, like, fair fucking play, you know what I mean? It's a, a game about pirates and piracy. They it's, made it multi- player online for a reason
2: literally all the all the treasure that that we sold for money in sea of thieves last night was uh stolen
1: literally one goblet one magma goblet Uh uh that that we
2: found yep on a beach
1: see that was my the only thing i hated about gta online Mm -hmm. is is not if somebody you know i'm driving on a mission and somebody blows my car up Fine. You know, fair play to you. You know, you got the flying motorcycle with the rocket launcher and I'm driving in a uh-huh. whatever. Fine. It's the people that blow you up. You respawn. And as you're running back to your, you know, whatever to try to pick back up your mission, they're just sitting there waiting for you to come back. Yeah. And just continuously just blow you away. at that It's point, called it's
2: like, griefing.
1: Yeah. It's called dicketry is what uh-huh, it's called. Uh-huh. Bullshittery.
2: Bullfuckery,
0: if you will josh told me like that people would like be held hostage on their own boats and shit yeah that's um... (laughs) i would not give a shit i would leave that game and server hop immediately because i'm not like if like we have fought people Uh you respawn pretty much damn near instantly it's fucking fast and you spawn on your boat on the below deck and a strategy is to just fucking stay down there and pop a cap in a motherfucker when they spawn, which is <laughs> fine because there is time when you spawn in to pop a cap back. Right? You know what I mean? Sometimes. Sometimes, not all the time. If they're on the draw or whatever. Oh, it's well. Or if so you if you get black screened, which I do it's, often.
2: You have had the benefit of only playing Sea of Thieves on a current gen console. Yeah. Uh, when you played on an old gen console, uh, you would spawn in, uh a solid 10 seconds before you had control of your character. Wow. You could get put on a death loop. Yeah.
0: Yeah, see, that's when I'm like, fuck this, I'm out.
2: But there there were no new-gen consoles yet at that yeah. point, so that well, that's, was just the but same that's, for everybody. Right. But that's what I mean, though. If the
0: fucking reaction time is roughly equal for everyone yeah. playing, it should be fine. right? But, like, the other day when... We weren't fighting, uh-huh. we, and and the guy just kept fucking jumping in and killing me. Uh-huh. I was like, I'm done, and I left. <laughs> I was like, I'm not here for this type of frustration. I don't need it in my life. And I'm I'm playing this cool pirate game so that I can feel like a so that I can feel f- it, like I'm having a lot like fun, right? Right. And part of that fun is getting killed by a motherfucker. Like Josh knows, I will laugh. Like we got in a battle for like 30 minutes the other day, and in the Fairy of the Damned, I tried to tell the dude, like, Hey, man, hope you're having fun. We are. Like, it it was great. (laughs) But when you're acting like a dick, and you're like, I'm literally ignoring you and splashing buckets of water on the ship that clearly spawned in, and you're just steady lighting me up, man, fuck you. I'm out. There's no
2: reason. So anyway, though, all the video game talk, uh, because Ruben, what, what are you and I doing today? On this, this very day that it is right now, not the day that it actually is right now, but the day that this episode comes out.
0: I, I believe that in just a few short hours. Yeah, minutes, like like sometime, seven,
2: 17 hours. No, we uh, will be
0: streaming for the first time.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two of us. We might do some Sea of Thieves. <laughs> We're almost certainly going to do some Sea of Thieves. And we're probably going to play some Guilty Gear 2, which is a really visually entertaining uh, fighting game, anime mm-hmm, fighting game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very, very, very cool. And we're going to post... We'll post on Facebook. There sure already probably be a link to my Twitch, which is where we're going to be streaming it on YouTube, or on Facebook, sorry. Um... So yeah, that's. We'll make another post later when we actually go live.
1: So to clarify, you're streaming on Facebook or no, the link is going to be on. No, we're streaming on Twitch. The link
2: will be on Facebook.
1: All right, so there you go. Right out the gate with some news, everybody. Welcome, Roddy. to Two Towns Over the True Crime Podcast for Stoners by Stoners, and we are continuing our Satanic Panic series. You know what's wild? I am
2: the only stoner on this podcast. I know, right? I barely even. I'm like retired stoner at this but point.
1: That comment did say honorary or practicing. So that's
2: fair. You know. It's I think Stoner is a state of mind. Yes. That's it's, true. Exactly. That's true. It's I definitely have stoner just in my bones. You got that at energy. this point. Yeah. I Don
0: does have that energy, uh-huh. but like one generation up from us. Yeah, I'm right. old school stoner. Yeah. Like like literally if you called it a doobie, I would not <laughs> like I
2: wouldn't notice like <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I'm thinking once everything that I've got going on right now, which is a lot, I think once a lot of it blows over, my anxiety levels will finally be down to a point where I can smoke weed again, because I just haven't been able to. My anxiety's been too high, and it makes it worse. Yeah.
1: So, to clarify that, you know, my dad would have been a Cheech and Chong stoner. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I would have been Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would your guys' a stoner duo be? Would it be Method Man uh-huh. and Red Man? His would probably be um,
0: the White Castle guys. Oh, oh, yeah. oh,
2: fuck. Oh, you're right, but I don't like that. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> Mine, I don't really have one because of when I started smoking. Mm. I didn't start smoking until I was in my 20s. Mm. So I guess Snoop Dogg and also literally a video by Tupac taught me how to roll a blunt. <laughs> yeah, you showed me that one time. Yeah, no, it's like know, a two-minute video, and it's literally I, I have had people compliment my blunts. <laughs> like you do,
2: you do a really good blunts. It's uh,
0: Tupac taught me. You know, what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> uh, I I don't want Harold and Kumar as uh, my generation stoner representative. It's just the first uh, one I've I thought will of. Speak for all of us. Uh, we will claim Marty from Cabin in the Woods.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
2: Oh, that's actually appropriate for this podcast as well. Yes, there yeah. you go. <laughs> so, like cabin me. in the woods, you'll probably
0: like our shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I'm glad we started off on a on a happy, upbeat. Oh time. yeah, welcome back mad. to hell. Yeah. So, um, pissed. Before we get started, because damn it, be- <laughs> yeah, just get it out of your system. It's really it happens it's- immediately. <laughs> so, um, before we get started, because I forgot. Till about halfway through last week, and I forgot completely the first week, I want to acknowledge our source, which up till now is The Devil's Knot by Mara Levert, uh, which was written early 2000s. And like I said last week, the the majority of it about the, the case itself is still adequate and still uh, relative, not relative, relevant, relevant, relevant thank you, to... Um,
2: you know, R-R-E-L.
1: Yeah. Uh, A-I-D-S. Yeah. Um, R O L A I D S. Aids? Yes. Oh, is that because you changing? said R E L A I D S? I'm too dyslexic <laughs> for you to spell a
2: thing out loud <laughs> and have me understand it.
1: So, anyways, I just wanted to get that out there that uh, our source again. But
2: uh... you said letters out loud, and I started like counting on my fingers.
1: So where we last left off, Jesse Miss Kelly, Jason Baldwin, and Damian Eccles had all just been arrested for the murders of Michael Moore, Stevie Branch, and Christopher Byers.
2: Oh, 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 good. Okay, hold on. Let me let me sit in my pissed off position.
1: <laughs> just make sure your microphone's close. Yep. Um, Gary Gitchell, the lead detective of the case, had convened a press conference to Fuck
2: un- Gary
0: Gitchell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don jumped Sorry, so God. hard. <laughs> motherfuckers i am old brandon okay so yeah ruben's walked off so twice this week yesterday and tuesday uh when i get done working to i go take a bath and just kind of soak and just kind of de-stressify yeah so tuesday i am i get out of the bath now brandon works tuesday through saturday usually because the place he works is closed on mondays and sundays yeah So, I'm used to him being at work. Well, apparently, he had Tuesday off. I come out of my bedroom, and you know how our house is set up, his room. And I walk into the living room, and all of a sudden, he just goes, Hey! Like, scares everyone. Cindy knew. Cindy knew he was home. (laughs) And let it go. Well, yesterday, you know, I was getting ready to go to the concert. So, uh, I run and take a shower. And while I'm in the shower, I hear what sounds like a door slam. Now, Brandon was working. He wasn't supposed to get off till two o'clock. And this was like 1.15. And I got out of the shower and I come out and, you know, I asked him. I was like, what are you banging around out here? She goes, I don't, I didn't bang anything. I said, it sounded like a door shut. She goes, it might have been that. But, and that's all she said. And I was like, okay, well, you know, we still had 45 minutes where Brandon was even supposed to get off work. So I uh-huh. sat down to watch another episode of Hell's Kitchen. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden I hear, hey, <laughs> scares the shit out of me again. I'm literally, I don't, my heart can't take much more of this shit. So you fuck Gary Gitchell, but my bad. that's all right. So Gary Gitchell, the lead detective on the case, had convened a press conference to announce the arrest. During the conference, he was asked by a reporter on a scale of one to 10. How solid do you feel your case is?
2: Would it be libel if we made a shirt that said Gary bitchel? Uh, no, no. That, that's just parody at that point. It's right? not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Gitch-
1: gitchell smiled confidently and said and i
0: know that's funny for the reasons that i meant it to be but i mean yeah. it's literally not a lie
2: no it's I just d- a name i did also just watch the Pat video about uh 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 j jonah jameson oh yeah or not he could be held responsible for <laughs> <Good shit. laughs> yeah.
1: so but what gitchell's smile and statement of 11 was hiding slander and print libel uh was the fact that besides jesse's rambling contradictive statement the police had very little to tie the teens to the murders. Now, years later, lead prosecutor Dan Fogelman stated that the only thing they had tying Jason to the crime was Jesse's statement, and that in a trial situation, an accomplice's statement alone is insufficient.
2: They only. Oh, sorry. The only thing they had tying any of them to the crime was Jesse's yeah. statement. Oh,
0: you mean Jesse's statement that he got coached by the police for fucking hours and hours and hours? Yeah, and hours?
2: largely off recording.
1: Although according to our little friend on TikTok, his statement was rambling because they got drunk the night of the murders and he just couldn't remember it.
2: He was fucking autistic.
1: Or yeah.
2: Probably. I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: But like probably.
1: Um so in the case against Damien was not much better. Despite the abundance of rumors about Damien, by the time of the arrests, police had found no physical evidence linking him to the crime. They'd taken hair samples, blood samples, and urine samples from him and sent them to the crime lab, but none were connected to the murders. They had a polygraph examination that Bill Durham said that Damien failed, but polygraphs are considered too unreliable to be admissible in court. Now, at this point... I'm so... It just... Never mind. (laughs) 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 At this point, all the police had was...
2: Did you not see it? No, no. He, didn't. he didn't.
1: Well, okay then. <laughs> so It's an
2: audio medium.
1: Yes. <laughs> Works wonders. I'm sure this will stay in the final edit.
2: <laughs> I, wa- I, wa- I want to make a Facebook poll. It's like, what do you think Josh just did? And watch nobody ever know. <laughs> You're never going to guess?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, all the police had was statements from people stating that Damien had done it. And aside from Vicki Hutchison...
0: It's so funny to me that the beginning of every one of these episodes has been me and Josh desperately trying not to learn more about this. <laughs>
1: <thing>. <laughs> and aside from Vicki Hutchison, the volunteer PI, all the statements were from minors. And many of those, including Jesse's, had become incriminating only after police had administered a polygraph test that Bill Durham had said they had failed. I don't want to gloss over this, but fuck Bill Durham as well.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, th- though reporters had no way of knowing at the time, this was the entire basis of Gary Gitchell's claim that their case was a, quote, 11. Now, Municipal Judge Rainey, who had signed the warrants for the searches and the, and the arrests the night before, now issued an order denying public review of those documents.
2: Huh. Wow. Because that screams, we know what we're doing.
1: Yeah, that scream. yeah. Yeah, we did the right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but by the time Rainey issued his order, sensitive information had already been leaked, including Jesse's confession. Now, police had allowed people outside the department to see the transcripts of Jesse's confession. The day after Rainey had sealed the records, a copy had reached the Commercial Appeal, a local newspaper. Rainey issued his order on Friday. On Monday, the paper ran a copyrighted front-page article outlining what Jesse had said. The headline read, Teen describes cult torture of boys, and defendant Miss Kelly tells police of sex mutilation. Rainey's orders to seal the affidavits prevented reporters from knowing how little the police had to back their case up. So instead, the news outlets had to focus on the three defendants and what Jesse had to say about them. With the three teenagers in custody, the West Memphis police entered the second phase of their investigation, which amounted to a scramble to find evidence. By the time of the arrests... I'm so... That's why you can't really trust the news either, y'all. Yeah. That's why when you're
0: so angry and and like your shitty cousin is like, well, I don't see why everybody's mad about this black guy who got murdered by the police. Look at all these crimes he did. Are you sure about that? Right. Are you sure about that? Because this story is not unfamiliar to me personally. Like this story has happened to family members of mine. That's what happens when you grow up black in the South. Like,
2: Well, it's like, look at look at certain people who... Uh, you know, fuck it. Uh, specifically, look at black men who were murdered by the police and then look at which of their Facebook photos they decide to show on the right, news. Right, as opposed
1: yep. to white people. Yeah. Yeah. Every time, even the guy who we talked about a few weeks ago, the guy who killed his wife and kids and put them in the oil barrel...
2: Yeah, uh The only
1: pictures they ever show of him was the loving family photos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and the guy who killed his two kids with a spear gun because he thought they were lizard people. It was always, yeah.
2: (laughs) I missed that one.
1: Yeah, he killed, yeah. He took his kids out to the desert and killed them because he thought his wife was a lizard person. With a spear gun? With a spear gun. Holy shit. And the only photos they ever showed of them were the family photos of the loving father- Whereas anytime it's a black person, they always find the one picture where he posed thuggish or, you know, smoking a joint or something. They just literally pick
0: any photo that has a hoodie. Yeah. yeah. uh huh. It's literally any photo that has a hoodie and
1: you look like you didn't take a shower that day.
2: They'll it's, use that one. And God help you if you ever post for a picture with a gun.
1: Right. What was like, what was that guy's name? Uh, Fernando Castillo.
2: Fernando uh, Castillo. Castillo.
1: You know, he was shot because he told the cop, I have a gun.
2: Yeah.
1: It's in my possession. I'm reaching for my wallet. And the cop shot him. And all they could focus on was that there was a joint in the car and his wife. As if
0: smoking weed ever needed to, you don't, like, (laughs) that's the thing is if there had been a white guy in that car, And he said, I have a gun. I'm reaching for my wallet. There's a joint in the car. Nobody would have ever heard about this story. Yeah. And because these kids were unlucky enough to have an actual demon spawn near their fucking location. Right. In the form of an expert on demonology and shit. uh, Not like us. We're actually going to be qualified. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Like, literally, a fucking... Sp- sp- liter- like a servant of hell literally <laughs> spawned near them and decided to target yeah. them. And so now they're going to go to jail for, what, fucking 25 years. years or some shit? Eighteen. I'm
1: mad. <laughs> so by the time of the arrests, Aaron Hutchinson, who you remember was Vicki Hutchinson's eight-year-old son. I'm pretty sure that's that guy that was Miley Cyrus's brother on the...
2: <laughs> Wh- holy shit, dude. What a fucking deep pull.
0: Is that his name? I think that's his name.
2: Uh, it's well, you just said Miley Cyrus's brother on the Disney show. yeah, and I immediately like I have not had the image of that man's face inside my head in uh, over a decade. whatever
0: happened to him who knows?
2: Uh, yeah
1: <laughs> I think his name was Josh hutcherson yeah he he was the guy who was in his Josh name? Hutcherson was in uh uh Hunger Games. Yeah, 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 yeah. PETA. That's what I'm thinking of.
2: Which I did just rewatch the Hunger Games series. They hold up. Those those movies hold up real well. Very good.
1: So by the time of the arrest, Aaron Hutchison had made several more statements to the police, many of them highly conflicting. But Detective Bray was convinced that Aaron knew more than he had acknowledged. A few hours after Gitchell had announced the arrests, Bray interviewed Aaron again. And now Aaron's account of what happened took another dramatic turn. What? For the first time, the boy told Bray that he had been in the woods with the other boys the day they disappeared. In fact, he said he'd witnessed their murders.
0: Now, wait a minute. This little boy, the shitty one, and and whose mom was an undercover... Yeah, P.I. No, she was an undercover sex criminal.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like,
0: literally... Posing as a fucking pedophile. Right. So, like, that kid...
1: Right. ...suddenly was there? Yeah. What? (laughs) Uh, Suddenly, Aaron was now also clear as to the identities of his friend's killers. The men he'd seen in the woods, he said, were Damien, Jason, and Jesse. Aaron... I I just don't get it. I just don't get it.
2: No. (laughs) It's...
0: I just don't understand how an entire town... Like, these people did not know these teens before this. Right. Like, and even if you knew who they were, you didn't know them. Because you know what you did, you ignored them. Right.
2: It's, I am more understanding of the people who lived in Salem. Truly.
0: Like, I I can understand that type of mass hysteria. Yeah. I cannot understand... This very targeted fucking attack on three kids who have d- d- the worst thing I've ever heard of any of them doing is fucking their girlfriend in someone else's house, an abandoned
2: house like yeah, and who hasn't
1: <laughs> well, anybody who isn't into girls, I would asexuals say, or yeah, asexuals, yeah.
2: I guess yeah. I, I did it in a, a house that was still under construction.
1: So. Oh, there you go. That counts. I yeah. did it in an abandoned hospital
2: once. Ooh, that's goth as fuck. Yeah. Damn. So, um... <laughs>
1: damn.
2: So Aaron... God damn it. Damn. <laughs> Don goths the both of us I know. yet again. <laughs> I was just <laughs> about <laughs> to be like, I narrowly missed doing it in a
0: cemetery one time. I did that yeah. too. I know you did. That's why I didn't say it Im- initially. <laughs> I was about to be like, but Don for real has probably done that. Like, (laughs) it really made me. I gotta step up my fucking game.
1: Like, (laughs) literally. So Aaron had told Bray. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron told Bray that he had seen five men in the woods that day: the three defendants and two others whom he could not identify. Of course, he stated they all wore black T-shirts with dragons on them, and they all had knives. He stated that (gasps) Jesse. Holy shit. That's that the is most so generic.
0: cartoonish. <laughs> That's the most generic description of a group of nerdy teenagers that I've ever, ever heard.
2: This was right after he had previously helped the police catch the uh, the man in the full tux top hat with the twirly mustache who was over by the train tracks. Right.
1: <laughs> oh, you mean whiplash? Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: so he stated that Jesse was holding Stevie in the water, waiting for Damien. Sorry, to... it's a bowler hat. Yeah. No, no, My it, bad. So it is. Waiting for Damien to tell him what to do. In Aaron's story, Chris and Michael found two guns lying on a nearby drainage pipe.
2: Because that's where that's that's where they that's their spawn point. Right. They
1: they, <laughs> they, they found the spawn point. It's floor loot for for Fortnite. <laughs> and they hid behind a tree. They planned on the count of three to jump out and shoot all five assailants, but when they started firing, the guns were empty. Michael's throat was immediately sliced, spilling blood all over his T-shirt. Nope. After Michael was dead, according to Aaron, Damien tore his clothes off and raped the dead body. Nope. Jesse or Jesse castrated all 3 boys. Incorrect. Aaron began to run, Jesse chased after him, but Aaron managed to trip him and run away. Nah. Now there are multiple problems with that testimony. You know shit. Uh first of all, we already discussed throat...
0: how the neck was the one part of him that was not mutilated terribly. Right. right.
2: And only one was castrated. So, but Fuck man, that is not the fifteen second clip that I can send to sponsors. No. no.
1: <laughs> Four days later, on June eighth, Bray questioned Aaron again. This time, Aaron... D- I, w- it's really
0: the townspeople I can understand. Okay, I want to. I want to try to make this as clear uh, on episode three. I want to try to make this as clear as possible. This absolute flabbergasting nonsense in my head. I can understand. The adults in where are we? Arizona, Arkansas, somewhere? Arkansas, Arkansas,
1: Arkansas.
0: We're West Memphis. I can understand how these small town Arkansas people coming off of the panic of the eighties would maybe harass these teens. I'm not saying it's right or good, even at all. But it makes
2: sense. But it makes
0: a little bit of sense. What I cannot understand.
2: Hell, dude, I, I got harassed for being not nearly as goth as Damien when I lived in Alabama. So I totally fucking get it.
0: I was a black goth. I understand. Yeah. I, it's, it's, I don't, it's the police. That's It's the police. And, wh- and one of the reasons I really don't get it is because everyone in this story is white. Right. And I understand it's a poor area, but that just means everybody in this story is also poor.
2: You want to know who else gets it? my brother who was a white juggalo yeah. living in the projects in Jacksonville
0: yep <laughs> yep but like it's i just don't understand how the whole chain the whole chain of command is willfully not just incompetent but like purposefully wrong they're they're on purpose not using the yeah. murder of 3 Children to go after teenagers for being goth nerds.
2: See, that's the thing that I said though is they decided early on that they knew that they did it, so they believe that they're doing the right thing. That they they really understand. I, I can't either, but I I can I can realize at least, although I'll never understand how you can be this irrational. They got it in their heads early on that uh, it, it's a satanic murder because of, like I've said before, everything else that we've talked about in the satanic panic series that has led up to this, especially with the McMartin preschool trial having been re- very recent before.
1: Yeah, I want to, because the McMartin preschool didn't Let, end until like the
2: early 90s. I was so. going to say, less than a decade before. Yeah. They were hot off the McMartin preschool trials, yeah. which we're going to get to, yeah um, But so they were primed to believe in satanic cult murders, and they decided this definitely looks like a satanic cult murder because there was mutilation, and these kids look like they have – they're the only ones in town that look like they're in a satanic cult. So it 100% has to be them, and we will do literally anything in our power. I am 11 out of 10 sure that it's them, and I'm going to bring them to justice for it.
0: I understand that line of thinking. Yeah. My problem with that is, as a cop, even when I was a child watching Law and Order at my Aunt Betty's house, Uh I had questions such as, why do they think it's this guy when he's the only one that looks like a bad guy in a town where... (laughs) You, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they yeah. are purposefully standing out. That is not what you do when you are a criminal of no. that magnitude. No. Just... I would be more suspicious of this Hutcherson lady, or whatever the fuck right. her name is. Just like, lo- look at Dexter. Tr- yeah. I mean, yeah. But like <laughs> That's what I mean, though, is like, even in the 90s, when I was a child, yeah. the question would have been, why would a Satanist look like a goth person? Why would they not just try to blend in and sneakily do Satan shit like a Christian does? You know what I mean? Right. Like a Christian. You you dress and talk a certain way so that you can go out and evangelize, so that you can uh-huh. get people into your religion. Is that not what every fucking
2: religion does? Every evangelical one, yeah. So, like, you see what I'm saying? yeah. You're a cop. Uh, D- Ruben, oh. I have seen what you're saying since I, too, was five years old. I'm so but, mad. I just, I can't believe. <sighs> you want to know how mad Ruben... Abolish the police. Straight up. Yep. Do you want to know how mad Ruben is about it, really? Is We were playing Sea of Thieves last night. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and uh, we're literally just sailing along there, and Ruben goes... <sighs> Yeah, I'm talking about West Memphis 3 again tomorrow, huh? <laughs> I did do that.
0: <laughs> I was having a great time. Then I was like, what am I doing tomorrow?
2: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> so this time, Aaron's details were even more convoluted. This time, Aaron said that Jesse had called him the night before the murders. Jesse told Aaron to bring his friends to the woods and that they would, quote, do something. This time, Aaron said that Jesse shoved Stevie into Damien, who was holding a knife, causing Stevie to be stabbed in the stomach.
2: That was the way that kids in my school, like, invited each other to fight. Was, Come out of the woods. We'll do something.
1: hmm Yeah. Then Jesse caught Aaron. And... We would, like, catch bugs and try to run up trees. <laughs> then Jesse caught Aaron and tied him up for about 40 seconds before Aaron managed to kick himself free.
0: I... This this person is older than me. I need to remember that. So you know what? Aaron Hutchison from fucking Arkansas slash West Memphis literally pull up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, keep in mind, this was an eight-year-old boy who was basically just... Eight-year-old boys, are they can be very, very um, imaginative.
0: No, his mom can, and she can fucking pull up, too. Well... <laughs> <laughs>
2: He was probably with the ops,
0: bitch. I don't give a fuck. Like
2: (laughs) he was being coached for sure. Once again,
0: I hate everyone in this town except for the West Memphis three. (laughs) Yeah. So Bray and the three boys that were murdered because they didn't really get a whole bunch of uh, screen time as it were.
1: So Bray recognized the importance. (laughs) I did wince before I said that. I want that to be made known. (laughs) Bray recognized the importance of what Aaron was saying. A second eyewitness account, even if it contradicted the first, was growing and was growing more fantastic by the day, might be invaluable, especially since it named the three teenagers who were in custody. I hate this. It was never in question whether or not the teens would hire their own attorneys. One of the three of them, or of the three of them, Jesse was the only one that actually had a job, and that was sporadic work as a roofer. On June seventh, nineteen ninety-three, a state judge assigned a pair of lawyers to each of the defendants. Val Price and Scott Davidson for Damien, Paul Ford and George Robin Wadley for Jason, and Dan Dan Stidham and Greg Crow for Jesse.
0: There I already I super I remember Damien and Jesse. I do not remember any other names.
2: Um That's I'm fine. gonna ask you for a spoiler here. In any of these dudes good?
0: Yes. 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 yes.
2: Okay I think yes.
0: these lawyers are gonna end up being the closest thing we get to a, a good guy. I yeah. was gonna
2: say to to a hero in the story who yeah. actually has some uh, agency
0: also that one cop who did his job
2: which one was that The
0: one who jumped into the pond to get the bodies Oh yeah 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 okay. the one man who did his actual job description right. right
2: the the utmost basic function of his job, which was get his shoes and khakis dirty mm-hmm. right.
1: So, um, none of the lawyers, and by the way, you don't have to remember their names. I will say them again over and over again. Sure. Yeah. So none of the lawyers had much experience representing clients charged with capital murder. Uh-oh.
2: That's right. I forgot. It's a fucking capital murder mm-hmm. charge.
1: So Jason stated at their first meeting, his lawyers what told
2: him. The is that murder in the first degree? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, capital murder is eligible for the death sentence.
0: Right. Oh, okay.
2: Uh, it, it has to be first degree murder to be capital murder. Right. For those Ooh. of
0: you who don't know,
2: I don't. I don't for sure one hundred percent know my legalese here. So, oh well. Also, know, don't quote me.
0: Literally, there are fifty different legal codes. Fifty one, if you count the federal one, right. in this country. So nobody knows. <laughs>
1: yeah. So Jason stated at their first meeting, his lawyers told him that the prosecutor fifty
0: four, if you count the territories, and fifty five, if also the last one, DC. No. It's four territories. So 55, if you count the territories as well.
2: There was also, I've been thinking a lot about. Uh, Which you should. You should. Um, one of the detectives, I think, asked Damien what he was afraid of, and he said the chair.
0: Right. Hashtag no taxation without representation. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um. Since then, uh, actually, my favorite YouTuber, Jacob Geller, released a video about. Uh, you know, it's a video essay, like all of his videos are. But it's about uh, the evolution of capital punishment in America and how it started with hanging and then it moved to like gas chambers. We used as an official uh, sanctioned form of uh, yeah. even after the Holocaust that happened. Mm-hmm. And then how all of these were like more prone to being botched and being an inhumane death than the last. Right, like literally, hanging has a lower botch rate than, um, than lethal injection. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But so it's uh, that's why when when he said the chair, um, yeah, super fucking valid. the The electric chair was fucking terrifying. Watch the Jacob Geller video about it. It's very very good.
1: So Jason stated that at their first meeting, his lawyers told him that the prosecutors had very little evidence that implicated him. All they had was Jesse's confession, but in that in that, which Jason, oh my God, in that confession, Jason was the most brutal attacker and the one that had castrated Christopher Byers. But aside from that, there was nothing. Jason had had no history of violence and didn't even dress or act differently like Damien did. Nothing about Jason showed signs of a kid Capable of what he was being accused of, if the police nothing had... about any of them, yeah. right?
2: It, that because that's the thing, right? And I'm just I'll, I'll make it quick because I do want to get back to this, but nothing about Damien implies. Well,
1: Damien played up the goth angle, you I know, know oh, saying he that did. he drank blood and he carried a dog skull around. So he did. I he did act differently, but he acted like any goth kid.
2: That's what exactly. I mean, though,
0: Don. Is that every single person in this room was in that friend group? Yeah, it's like goth, we,
2: goth equal sign with a slash through it, murderer. Right. Like literally, it
0: is. It's crazy. Like in my high school experience, the goth and emo kids were way more emotionally supportive and healthy than their than anyone else yes. in that fucking school. Ooh, yeah. Oh my god! Uh, other how than many... maybe the band kids, but we had separate traumas, right? <laughs> so
2: it's fucking. How many times will the goth and emo kids sit in a circle and have healthy discussions about their feelings? Literally drum
0: a... circles and shit, as like...
2: opposed to right, exactly like fucking old school hippies, dude. As opposed to like the jocks who tell each other to not be pussies. We
0: literally we would say we're goth, and we just dis- define that in my group as what is goth? Oh, it just means like hippie. But black. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like dark instead of the light ones. Like literally, that's all. I because we like shadow powers rather than the radiant
1: ones in anime. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I actually had a friend in junior high um that actually it was shortly after Ted Bundy had been executed. yeah, he found autopsy photos of Ted Bundy.
2: Oh wow. and
1: actually cut the pictures out of the newspaper or whatever and put them in his wallet. So, where you would usually have pictures of your w- girlfriend yeah, that's or your my cats, yeah, or... no, he had Ted Bundy's autopsy photos. It's
0: pretty
2: goth, that,
1: that is pretty fucking metal, yeah, I don't know what ever happened to him, but I have an idea, so probably <laughs> drugs we may find out about him at some point on this show is all I'm saying, yeah, probably, wow, <laughs> huh.
0: I'm not saying that all goths, but I am saying that these kids were not displaying any of the
1: actual signs of being a murderer. Right. Right. Yeah. So if the police, long and short of it, yeah, if any police, if the police had any corroborating evidence, they have yet to mention it. So within hours of being locked up, Jesse had already sent a letter to his parents. In it, he recanted his statement to the police and wrote, "I hope that y'all don't hate me because I did not do it." Now, Jesse's father showed the letter to reporters, and portions of it uh, were printed in the commercial appeal. When reporters questioned Gitchell about Jesse recanting his confession, he would not comment.
2: I was going to say, because he did recant that confession later, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's going to be a lot of recanting that we'll find out. I don't Uh want to spoil it, but there's a lot of recanting. I can't believe it. Yeah. So now, it's important to note that Dan Stidham, Jesse's lawyer, did not believe that Jesse was innocent. Stating in a later interview that, in his opinion, anyone who would confess to a crime must have committed it. Wow. he fig- He's new. Yeah. He's new. Uh-huh. He figured that his client was guilty, and his initial thought was that the only goal was to prepare him to testify against Damien and Jason and work out the best plea bargain that he could for Jesse. To be fair,
0: as a lawyer, if you think your client is guilty, that
1: is what you should do. Right. Yeah. He stated that it made him angry when every time Jesse's dad um, was with him, Jesse would say that he didn't do it. But when his dad left, Jesse would try to recite what he had told the police. But every time he told the story, there would be major inconsistencies. Finally... Is this the redemption arc of this lawyer? Yes.
2: Nice. Finally, as the summer
1: of 1993 neared its end, Stidham confronted Jesse. Stidham recalled... I went to the jail and said, you've got to level with me. Were you there or were you not? And he said he was not. And I said, why would you have told me all this time that you were there? To which Jesse replied, well, I didn't want to die in the electric chair. I explained to him that Greg Crow, who was the other lawyer, and I were on his side. And that's when I began to realize that he didn't even understand what a lawyer was. He had no idea what a defense attorney was. He thought that they were detectives. That's when I began to see that. Jess- That's when I began to see Jesse in a different light. He looked like an ordinary street thug, but the kid was handicapped. Bill Clinton had just been elected president. Everyone in Arkansas knew who Bill Clinton was, but Jesse did not. Stidham immediately changed tactics. Isn't that
0: fucking wild? Yeah. As an aside, that I remember this. Like, if you knew it. If you know who a president is currently, is part of your mental health evaluation
2: sometimes, Uh
0: that is not... I don't understand that.
2: That was one of my favorite things when Trump was president. (laughs) Be like, who's the president right now? Are you still with us? Who's the president right now? Don't make me fucking say it. (laughs) Okay, he's good. (laughs) I just... Like,
0: I mean, I guess I get it. It's just a piece of information that you should probably know. if yeah. you lo-
1: Like, who's the king? Like, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Right. So Stidham immediately changed tactics. He began researching false confessions. Stidham, also, it's a
0: temporal one as
1: well. Yeah. So you know you're within at least four years. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stidham told a reporter, We don't think the state has any evidence except this wild story from Jesse. Stidham became even more convinced while visiting Jesse once. Jesse asked him who Satan was. Stidham recalled, he handed me a pamphlet a preacher had given him that was all about Satan, but Jesse could barely read it.
2: What Holy he could read,
1: shit. he thought, was about someone named Satan. Stidham suddenly realized that even though Jesse knew about evil and the devil, Jesse was unaware that he was also called Satan. Stidham stated, there I was sitting in a cell with a confessed satanic killer, and he was asking me who Satan is wow
2: imagine like the emotional
1: roller coaster
2: roller coaster that this lawyer has gone on on this, this one day not so much
0: one day I mean like <clears throat> the the initial day where he's like he's coming in angry like damn it I, this kid fully did it he confessed now I gotta prepare him for this stuff and I'm new and this is the first murder case I'm on or whatever
2: i, I we don't actually know if he's new or, well, whatever. He just hadn't done it. It doesn't say, but he hadn't done it. New
0: to
1: murder. Yeah. yeah. He okay. was a young attorney. Okay. And, yeah, like,
0: but... then over the course of a few months or whatever, you cool down enough to realize, like, something ain't right. 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 Some ain't right. And then you talk to this kid, and in the course of this conversation, he asks you, who is Satin? And you discover that he actually means well, it was, Satan.
2: It was two separate conversations, correct? One where he went and he was like, you got a level with me. Yeah, that was two. Okay, yeah. And, then, yeah. and then the second one where he was like, uh, I've been reading this pamphlet. Who's Satan? Yeah. But, yeah,
0: that's that moment right there is the one where I would be like, imagine the, the, imagine the fucking hammer blow to your th- heart.
2: Right. Like, just like... Yeah, exactly. And just uh, that realization that like, oh... Excuse me. My whole mission has just changed. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like the middle of the movie when the aviator decides to tell the truth or whatever. Right. Like.
2: It's, it's the whole plot for him. Just he had a plot twist. Right. In yeah. his real life.
0: That moment in Erin Brockovich when she discovers how many people were actually affected by this company. Right. So
1: after Discussions Among the
0: Attorneys... That, th- I'm that so one, sorry. That
2: one was too far for me. Those
0: were two very niche films. <laughs> the <laughs> Aviator, if I'm remembering correctly, is the Denzel Washington one where he saved a plane full of people, but he was drunk at the time.
1: No, that, what's that called? That's the, the, the Aviator. pilot? Something like Something that. Something like that. The Aviator was Leonardo DiCaprio playing oh, Howard yeah. Hughes. Yeah, you're right. It was that. Huh? I can't remember what the Denzel. Washington well, I'm
0: thinking movies. of the Denzel one. Yeah, and then like halfway through, he like decides to tell the truth in the trial and shit because of <laughs> some girl, whatever. Then the Aaron Brockovich is the I got to actually look this up because that one is
1: Julia uh, Robertson. Yeah, Julia no, no no, Robertson. no,
0: no, no. I meant the story. It's this a, a woman who puts herself through like law school. So that she can help this small town of people who are all getting cancer because of a company and pollution, right? Ah, And she wins her, they win a class action lawsuit. In real life, it's less inspiring because people got paid out like fucking seventeen dollars or some shit. Uh
2: But like, (laughs) that's probably about what I'm gonna get from this uh, Facebook class action suit. Yeah, same. (laughs) But like,
0: you know, that's those the ones I'm thinking of.
2: This podcast is powered by Podbean Podcast Hosting. Are you thinking about starting your own podcast or looking for the best home for your podcast? Check out all the amazing features Podbean offers with unlimited bandwidth and storage for an affordable price. That's right, unlimited. Visit www.podbean.com unlimited to check it out today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash unlimited.
1: So it was decided that private investigator Ron Lax would work with Val Price and Scott Davidson, who like represented.
0: Reference Titanic. I was like eight the first time I watched Titanic, and I sat there in my living room and I watched all of it without blinking. <laughs> Twice, it was wild. I can't believe we didn't know I was autistic.
1: <laughs> so, like Stidham, Lax was convinced that the three teens were guilty, but he agreed to help with the case. He also felt that any work he did for Damien would also fit, uh, benefit the other two boys. His plan was to first interview Damien, but the interview almost never happened. Four days after his arrest, Damien took an overdose of Elavil. But yeah, so Damien overtook an overdose of Elavil, his antidepressant medication. His mother had brought it and his guards had given it to him. They had given him the meds for the first three days of his incarceration. So by the fourth day, he had 12 saved up. He mm. took them all and was immediately rushed to a nearby hospital to have his stomach pumped. Most of the interviewing of Damien was done by Lax's associate Lori Shettles. And one of- imagine, if you will.
0: Uh, also, tr- fucking trigger warning: suicide. Imagine, if you will, being so attacked, like so lost from something that is out of your control, uh-huh. like. And no one is on your side. Not just metaphorically or, like, emotionally you feel like that. Like a depressed person, like a me or anybody else who is depressed. Like, there are still people on your side. No one was on this kid's side. No. Not a person. in a jail
2: cell by himself.
0: And, like, imagine that for a second. You also think they're going to put you in the electric chair.
2: Yeah. One of the single most terrifying... uh, modes of execution in american history
0: yeah so
1: what do you do you know what i mean just think about that for a minute so most of the interviewing of damien was done by lax's associate laurie shettles in one of her first interviews with damien he explained how growing up his family had been extremely poor living at times in shacks with no floors or indoor plumbing he explained that he had grown used to being bullied in school for his poverty, and that once he made it to high school, he began carrying a dog skull around because people tended to leave him alone.
2: Yeah, you know, I did something real fucking similar, honestly. Uh, when I hit, uh, when I hit like seventh grade. I really, really grew my hair out, um, and I started dressing in all black, baggy clothes. I had always been bullied, so I started saying really, like, edgy, scary shit, like, right. to people when they were fucking with me, or, like, I would spit, like, at the floor next to them, and I just, I started doing shit that I felt like was intimidating, and... And it got people to leave me alone, but now I get called a Satanist. Right. Because I live in rural Alabama. And thank God no children were uh, castrated in that town. Or they might have Damiened me.
1: Right. So in Damien's The ice- justice system
0: isn't your friend. No. I want you all to know that. The justice system is not
1: your friend. Period. So, in Damien's eyes, being ridiculed for being strange, something that he could control, was better than being mocked for something he had no say in.
2: Yes. Getting called an emo F-slur every day was way better than people who would, like, actually try to fuck with me.
0: Right. Yeah, I'll be honest. That shit is, like, that's fucked up. Yeah. But also, I wish I would have been able to control what people called me. Yeah. Like, man, that seems like a superpower. <laughs>
2: That's fair. Uh, it was a big relief, though, when we moved away from Alabama and I moved to Colorado and there were just like half the school was emo. Right. That was rad. That for was, context,
0: cool. for people who don't get it, I am talking about the N-word. It took literally yeah. until my early 20s and a few fights with very close friends for people to, for even they, for even my friends to get them to stop, like it's hashtag. It's real.
2: Ruben, Ruben threw up. Yeah. Threw up a couple of peace signs. Yep. And, yep, he did the hashtag. Did the hashtag. Yeah, thing, but so. like, real,
1: real sad.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> this is the saddest hashtag thing you've ever seen.
1: So Damien explained that he began dressing in black because his girlfriend Deanna, said that he looked good in black. He stated that he began dressing like a vampire, and people would ask him if he drank blood, to which he would respond, only people I know. Gradually, he began to earn the reputation of being a devil worshiper. Just before he was sent to Charter Hospital, he was brought in to Jerry Driver, who asked if he could read an inscription on a ring that was inside a glass pyramid on Driver's desk. Damien stated that he could not read Latin. Then Driver asked if Damien could, quote, will the ring out of the case. Damien said he could not.
0: Two completely normal questions to ask a teenager. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Damien... Also- hey, kid, translate this? I I can't. Is that's, it Latin? That's
2: a dead language. Um, I can't.
0: All right, well, will you, like, um, just, like, imagine it coming out of there. Like, try to get it out of there, but
2: don't touch the pyramid. Right. What? It's like a fucking TikTok challenge. Can you get the ring out of this box without touching the ring or the box? (laughs) I get a baseball bat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I smashed said box, and we find the ring wherever it landed.
1: (laughs) So Damien also told Shettles that before his arrest, Steve Jones, his probation officer, stopped by and asked Damien why he had not been around lately. To which Damien replied, his probation was over. Damien stated that Jones. Are
2: you fucking with me? No. Jesus Christ.
1: His probation officer came by. He's like, hey, haven't seen you in a while. Why? Because I'm not on probation anymore. Don't need to see you
2: anymore. Clearly, he's a murderer then. Yeah. If, if you don't remain best friends with, with your, your probation with your PO, officer. Then- <laughs> so- you know what? I will give
0: it a generous read. I'll give it a generous read. Yeah. Because. The probation officer did not send police to the house. He came by like, "Hey man, I haven't seen you in a while. Are you doing good? Are you doing okay?" Like, "What's going on?" And then like, "Oh, I don't I don't have probation anymore." And he's like, "Oh." Yeah. You still want to get lunch? <laughs> <laughs> like Cool. I don't really like know. I, I choose to imagine that Damien was such a nice young man that this probation <laughs> right. officer was like, I wonder if he's doing okay. He was cool. like, I, I,
2: cool. I, don't, I don't really know anyone else, so like, if you want to go to like shenanigans or something.
1: Cool, 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 cool. Oh, man, my so, favorite. So you like Taco Bell? Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> my favorite reel right now
0: is, uh, if you let that motherfucker Shenan once, you best believe he will shenanigan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Damien stated that Jones acted suspicious during the visit. Damien also claimed that Jones had given him information about the murders, such as one of the suspects urinating in the mouth of one of the victims.
0: I... That is a thing that I hate hearing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Later, when the police- <laughs> With
2: no warning.
1: <laughs> yeah. Later, when police questioned Damien, he repeated what Jones had told them, Uh Or told him. The police denied that Steve Jones knew this and that only someone who had been at the crime scene would know that detail. A detail that wasn't true. But that's neither here nor there,
2: right? And DNA evidence exists.
1: Yeah, but it was still in its infancy. I
0: know that it was blood, fucking fingerprints,
1: hair, and urine, and it didn't match. None of it. But so it was close to the end of summer when the prosecutors began releasing information from the police investigations to the defense attorneys.
0: It listen, this is a very clear case to me as a as a supporter of our boys in blue, it's if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck, it must be a wolf.
1: <laughs> right. So um, but to the lawyer the defense lawyer's frustration, the amount that was being released was small and amounted to a fraction of all the information gathered. I mean fuck. I mean fuck. <laughs> Records from the investigation was trickling in with no discernible order. They were not even organized by time, date, or place.
2: God's sake! It's mishandling of evidence like this that always really fucks me up too. Like again, I know I've I know I've harped on it a few times throughout the series, but the Amanda Knox case. Yeah, uh, mishandling of evidence is what got her twice tried, twice acquitted. Right of or twice tried once. It's a clusterfuck, and it all resulted from. Um, Mishandling of evidence. So, for example, like uh, the the murder weapon from the Amanda Knox case. Um, Which one was Amanda Knox? She's she, the one in Italy. She was in Italy. Uh, she lived with um, an Italian girl. Uh, they were roommates. And uh, somebody broke into the house and brutally raped and murdered the Italian girl. And they blamed the American girl, Amanda Knox. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And her boyfriend. And they actually also said that it was ritualistic uh, sex cult murder. And, yep. And the fucking lead detective is the devil incarnate. Um, He's interviewed directly in the documentary on Netflix. Uh, I think it's just called Amanda Knox. Um, but it fucking crazy. The mishandling of evidence, the murder weapon was like stored, uh, directly, uh, next to just like in a pile, not even bagged on its own separately. It was stored right along with other personal effects from the apartment that did have DNA from everybody who lived right. in the in the house. It was like almost a it was a beach house. It was like on a cliffside type mm-hmm. of thing, but everybody's DNA was on everything. That would be like swap
0: the
1: doorknob. What? Right. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Any fingerprints who were on that doorknob that must be the murderer.
1: So Lax read the reports and found nothing about urine in the mouths of any of the victims, but since the amount of information being released.
0: Whoa. I had forgotten that you did not say that yeah. about the actual f- crime. Yeah, that's yeah. why you should never believe anything. Okay, ever. Don't even believe us. Even especially Absolutely us. don't believe us. Especially, especially We're us. Are you shitting me? Especially us. <laughs> <laughs> like.
1: Ah. <sighs> So, um, since the amount of information being released by the prosecution was limited, Lax had no way of knowing. That's
0: a fucked up riddle, huh? Are we honest or not?
2: (laughs) You you can largely believe like the things that Don reads because he gets them from. Yeah, Don does
0: research, and he like like learns about the thing we're just here to make jokes
2: even even if don says something that i wrote i researched that from a place that i trust i found a good source and you know i we always try to share sources when we can yes
1: so you can trust me on everything so so if if you if everybody listening sends me a dollar i will invest it and give it back to you tenfold
2: so (laughs) it's are you you doing a runescape doubling money scam right now what i'm doing yeah, that's exactly what was happening. <laughs> uh, but like, armor. But don't believe anything Ruben and I say. We're full yeah, for of sure. shit. And, and, and we were wrong about stuff a lot. Except for
0: when I say things about the police. Yeah. But or, only then. Like, fuck the police. That's the only true thing.
2: Yeah, but believe Ruben about the police and about racial biases. and Don't even do that second part. That's just my biases. <laughs>
1: But since the information being released by the prosecution was limited, Lax had no way of knowing that the file contained two documents from earlier early in the investigation, in which Gitchell and an unnamed West Memphis police officer had referred to medical examiner Frank Peretti's statement about finding urine in the victim's stomachs.
0: Here's why you can believe Don and not me and Josh, because Don still uses that guy's name, Gitchell. Me and Josh have, I literally think of him as Gary Bitchell. Bitchell. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So Lax so <laughs> also studied Jesse's confession
2: and identified
1: several parts he deemed questionable. To Lax, the whole thing seemed to show that Jesse was desperately and clumsily making up answers. The entire no statement shit, appeared man. to be a leading type interview, according to Lax. Yeah. He pointed out- ha- According to anybody who reads it. Mm. Wow. Minor scrutiny. Yeah. But no, it was because he was drunk at the time time of the murders but yet somehow okay so oh my god okay so
2: (laughs) i'm gonna go pee while you talk about this yeah yeah
1: so this i'm still having a i kind of gave up thank you so um i kind of gave up doing a back and forth with this one person on the tiktok yeah that i shared on west memphis that's a good yeah uh she said that the whole reason jesse's statement was all over the place was because him jesse and jason or damien or him damien and jason were drunk when they did the murders. So somehow they were able to hold down three boys, kill them, clean up the evidence, drunk. Mm-hmm. That's more believable than they didn't do it.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, you know, at this point, I can't I can't place too much blame on TikTok commenter-aged people. Yeah. Because like you grew up and you saw headlines like three teenagers fucking brutally murder boys right like you know what i'm saying from reputable sources but the reputable sources are just reporting reputably on irreputable evidence right like i my tongue got twisted but like they're <laughs> they're reporting truthfully on false facts like they're you know what i'm saying yeah. like so yes the new york times is telling you exactly what's in the police report but what's in the police report is fucking wrong like yeah not just wrong blatantly blatantly aggressive towards these boys right like so yeah yeah i don't blame these people for being like trying to logic that out because for them it's a thing that happened years ago so it's basically it's basically like trying to piece together the plot of five nights at freddy's yeah like you can say a bunch of different things thank you sir like you can say a bunch of different things about it that seem true that seem to make the timeline line up but really, the only. It's. Individ, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. the only person who really knows what happened that day is the murderer. The right. only person who really knows the plot of the fucking Five Nights at Freddy's franchise is, is Scott Pat. Cawthon. And Matt like, Pat. <laughs> Well, maybe Matt Pat. <laughs> maybe Matt Pat. It's. But like.
2: Just, as, as soon as you said the words Five Nights at Freddy's, somewhere in the world, Matt Pat's ears burned. Uh huh. But it's like, like the
1: bat signal. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but
0: that's what I say. Because even Matt Pat's like, these are all my theories. This is what makes sense to me, and we're having fun telling a story. Just, Just
2: a theory.
0: Please fuck off. Like it's <laughs> like, but like, I, you know, I watched a whole different guy's video, and it's a, an entirely different story from that guy's yeah. perspective. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the only person who knows is the person who was there or the person who did it. Right. Like Scott Cawthon knows Five Nights at Freddy's because he fucking made it and even he might not know and the only people who know what happened the day of that murder are the three
1: boys who got killed and the people who did it and it's not these teenagers yeah so lax even pointed out half a dozen times in which he said the officers seemed to provide jesse with the answers seemed to yeah Mm -hmm. so lax became particularly interested this is why i wouldn't make a good lawyer I would not be able to say things like seemed to and allegedly. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So Lax became particularly interested in a list of 40 people that had been fingerprinted by police during the initial investigation, but was frustrated to find out that there was no accompanying information about the individuals printed, nor why they were fingerprinted in the first place. He grew even more frustrated when he realized that aside from Jesse's confession, he had still not received anything in the way of evidence against the three teens. The defense did not even receive any records of the interviews with Vicky and Aaron Hutchinson until the first week of September. You gotta be- mm.
2: <laughs> with the trial set to take place on what day?
1: Uh, it's getting I think it started in January of the of the next year, so
2: So yeah. didn't get uh for how many months of a, a this? vital piece of So
1: this was the the murders happened in May. Now we're in September, so four months so far. Since the murders.
0: So what, this was like two months for not getting any of the shit for the trial?
1: Well, you got to remember that, that the, the the West Memphis Three, they were arrested like two weeks after the murders. So this has been... Basic, wow. Almost yeah. four months that they've uh-huh. been sitting in like prison. three months at the very least. Yeah. L- yes. Wow. So finally, the defense team began to receive records showing what the West Memphis police had done since the June 3rd arrests. Lax read that on July 1st, nearly a month after Damien, Jason, and Jesse were in custody, Detective Ridge had returned to the site where the bodies were found. Ridge's purpose, as stated in his report, was to look for evidence which may have been missed. To Lax's greater amazement, Ridge reported that he'd found some evidence. Recalling Jesse's claim that the victims had been beaten with a stick, Ridge reported that on his visit to the scene in July, he found two sticks that had previously gone unnoticed. There was nothing about the sticks that connected them to the crime other than their location in the woods where the bodies were found. Nonetheless, Ridge took them back to the station and marked them as evidence. He found two sticks in the woods. Uh-huh. And now they're evidence.
2: There's a lot of sticks in the woods. There are. I wonder how If he you don't two. know
1: why that's shitty, fuck you.
2: <laughs> right.
0: Like, for real. Oh, yeah. He said something about a stick. I'm going to go find the stick.
1: In the woods, it's in the woods. So realizing how many in September,
2: yeah, you know what? I I kind of said it as a joke, but I really do wonder how he went out there and looked at all the just millions of sticks on the ground. I'm gonna look in my yard right now and find ten. It was this one. Yeah, it was these these two sticks. I think are the most likely culprits.
1: So realizing how many reports he'd seen about items that had been sent off for testing Lax prepared to review the physical evidence. The police collected the 28, excuse me, the 28 page memo covered nearly 600 items.
0: Be prepared for this not to matter for at least 15 years.
2: And the, so 600 items Mm -hmm. that to me screams that they are literally just throwing they're throwing actual spaghetti
1: at an actual wall
2: yeah
1: so uh, out of all the items the crime lab had reported finding only a few fibers that analysts said were microscopically similar to fibers found in the homes of two of the victims so they had to go on a microscopic level to find to say that these these this piece of carpet Was similar to this other piece of carpet. Right. Microscopically.
0: Microscopically.
1: Meanwhile, if you go to a Walmart and get two shirts from Walmart. I want
0: you to understand that microscopically similar means nothing. Yeah.
1: Right. So, as the outline of the case slowly became more clear, Latch tried to focus on elements that would be essential to Damien's defense. He interviewed the two girls in Memphis with whom Damien said he'd spoken with by phone the night the children disappeared. Lax wrote that both girls stated that they did remember this and were positive of the day. He interviewed Narlene Hollingsworth and noticed that despite the apparent problems her account would have for the defense and the prosecution, placing Damien at the scene but with Dominie instead of Jason, she seemed to be unshakable in her recollections. On October 7th, Lax met with Detective Bray in Marion, Arkansas. During the conversation, Lax noted that Don Bray reached into his shirt pocket and produced a sheet of paper. He held this up and told Lax that when he first learned of the murders and what had happened to the victims, he wrote down the names of people he knew to be responsible. Lax asked him how he came by this knowledge, and he stated that he had been in this business a long time and in the area for quite some time, and because of the particulars of what happened to the victims, he knew the ones who were on the sheet and who were responsible. Uh, Bray showed Lax the paper. There were eight names on it, including those of Damien, Jason, Jesse, and Domini. Further conversation revealed that Don Bray compiled this list after he spoke with Jerry Driver. Motherfucker. Yes, he is. Lax continued to question Detective Bray as to the reason these individuals would have come up come to his mind in regard to the murder. Uh, murders. Uh, he could not be specific, but he referred to rumors which had been circulating throughout the community. Now Lax finally interviewed interviewed uh, Detectives Gitchell and Ridge. Bitchell. Bitchell and Ridge. He asked how Damien Eccles' name had first been presented in connection with the investigation and they discussed all the rumors and talk in the West Memphis area regarding his interest in satanic worship. Further conversation revealed they spoke with Jerry Driver, who provided them with a great deal of information regarding Eccles and satanic cults. At this point, Lax asked Gitchell and Ridge what they found at the crime scene that was indicative of a cult killing. I want you both to remain calm.
2: I'm going to move my microphone away.
0: I'm not going to do that.
1: Their response was, in fact, their proof that it was a cult killing was the fact that the crime scene was so clean.
2: What the fuck?
1: So with no available evidence during the conversation, uh, Ridge and Gitchell stated that their impression was that Jason Bald was a pretty good kid and had never been in trouble before. But uh, But Jesse Miss Kelly was mean as a snake. And they also felt that Damien was the ringleader of the bunch. When Lax reminded them that Damien had no prior arrest record, with the exception of the problems he had with his girlfriend, they agreed that, to this fact, but cited Damien's psychological problems. At this point, they expressed their expectations for Damien's defense to be insanity.
2: Oh, my God.
1: So, so the
2: judge... So, the cops
0: are like, uh, we think you're probably going to go for insanity.
1: Is yes. that what you just said to me? Yes. That they, well, Lax isn't the lawyer. He's an investigator for the lawyers. But they told him that they believe that the lawyers are going to try to go with an insanity plea. So Lax told the cops. No, no, no. The cops told Lax that, that they, they thought the lawyers for Damien were going to try to plead insanity.
0: How can you be that delusional? You have spent months combing the woods for sticks. Mm <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me?
1: No. Our case is in 11. Fuck off. <laughs> so the judge that would end up ruling over all the trials involved in the West Memphis Three. Probably in, a piece of shit. Including the later appeals was Judge David Burnett. Now, while he was regarded in it, some. Can,
2: can I jump ahead of the script and say, fuck David Burnett?
1: Oh, you yeah. Fuck David Burnett with a bladed dildo.
2: Heard. Yeah. I on some seven shit. Mm-hmm. Right so you know you know how <laughs> you, you know how like in apocalypse shit. There's always like the baseball bat with the nails through it. Right. Yeah. One of those. But a dildo.
1: Let me it this way: David so, Burnett, like a dildo with nails in it.
2: Yeah. Uh huh. Nice.
1: David Burnett is the reason why they stayed in prison so long. Cool. Yeah.
0: When you said end
1: the appeals, I was like, really? Yeah. So. um While he was regarded in some circles as easygoing, smart, and one of the best judges in the area, many complained that he was still a policeman and prosecutor at heart.
2: I got to see his stupid fucking face. With one local politician
1: referring to him as a, quote, political alligator. Burnett also made no effort to hide the fact that he had skepticism towards any testimony that hinged in the field of psychology. In fact, at the time of the trials, Burnett was working on his master's thesis and told a reporter that his thesis centered on his belief that the testimony of psychiatrists and psychologists should not be given the great weight that is normally given by courts and juries. And he also told the reporter that he had read a book on Satanism, quote, for informational purposes.
2: I have never seen a man with a more Republican face. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. It's like... It's like patriot American patriotism would come out of his jizz. The man probably masturbates to a photo of Ronald Reagan.
2: Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. Like in <sighs> in the mirror, like over his own face. Like he he puts the picture on a, a full body mirror over his own <laughs> face. Yeah. So that he's masturbating to his own body with Ronald Reagan's face. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So this was the fate that was dealt to the West Memphis Three. Burnett's first ruling was that Jesse would be tried separately from Jason and Damien. He next gave a deadline of 30 days to the defense attorneys to get psychiatric evaluations for their clients in the anticipation that at least one of them would try for an insanity plea. This deadline passed with no evaluations done. All of the defense lawyers decided to try and defend their clients on the act that they were actually innocent.
2: Fuck yeah. Good for all of them. Yeah. Because that's... Yeah. They're they're not... No, none of them are insane right it's uh, maybe uh, uh there needs to be some kind of maybe different evaluation for jesse i feel like yeah to demonstrate uh that his confession capability was to go to trial yeah even. it's um I can't remember the the word it's something to the effect of mentally fit but it it's a different word i don't <laughs> Mm-hmm.
1: So Damien told Shettles, Lori Shettles, that was da- uh, Lax's assistant, that any time they were brought for in for pre-trial motions, the three of them would be placed in a random office with guards. Damien stated that Jesse never looked up at either of them. Now, it's important to note that at no point in any of this did Jason or Damien feel any animosity towards Jesse. Damien stated that he felt that the police had put words into Jesse's mouth to implicate Damien and Jess- Jason. Now, during the pretrial motions, Paul Ford, Jason's attorney, discovered that at one point Detective Ridge came by the prison to collect hair and blood samples from Jason. When Jason described the incident to Ford, he became so enraged that he fired a letter off to Gitchell. The letter stated, My client- Fuck you, silly (laughs) bitchel. My client informed me that Officer Ridge began to tell him that I was a nice guy and would try to make him like me. However, I really didn't care about him and that I would, could not be trusted. He further told my client that he knew me when I was an attorney in Wynn, which is another city, and, that, and he was a police officer in Wynn. He told my client that I could not be trusted and that I really did not have his best interest at heart.
2: Wow. He
1: also told my client that I would not do a good job for him and that I would ultimately sell him out. He then tried to get my client to come clean, confess, and that he could be trusted to take care of him. Immediately upon learning this event, I called John Fogelman to express my anger. He agreed with me that I had a right to be angry, but was not convinced that the event had occurred. I recognize that clients make up such stories with troubles, make up such stories uh, from time to time, and many times those stories are totally fictitious. However, what troubles me the most is that I never told my client that I knew Officer Ridge as a police officer in Wynn while I was practice law there. I know of no way that he would have known or that he would have been able to obtain this information other than the fact that it was told to him by Officer Ridge.
2: Wow. Oh, yeah. And so he told him that like vocally in person as in not provably or he sent a letter that's.
1: The no uh, Jesse Jason told him in person what Ridge had said to Jason in-person.
2: Okay. What I just read was a letter from Ford to Fogelman. Right, 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 right. But it it is hearsay. They can't prove that he said all that. Like, hey, your lawyer fucking sucks, by the way. He can't prove that because if he could, I feel like that's obstruction.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So none of the misdeeds (laughs) uh, of the police held a candle to what the defense referred to as the discovery mess. The prosecutors were releasing the information without any type of rhyme or reason, and even still the prosecution had not released why it was the three teens that they zeroed in on in the first place. When the defense attorneys brought the issue in front of Judge Burnett, Fogelman argued that the law did not require him to reveal either what material was relevant or his theory of how the crimes were committed. Burnett listened to both sides of the argument before commenting on the or to the prosecution. I understand you've given to them everything that is in that file. Fogelman agreed that was the case and promised the defense would have anything or would have everything by the end of August. Judge Burnett considered that good enough and denied the defense's motion. During one pretrial motion, Robin Wadley, Jason's second attorney, called Detective Ridge to the stand. To his surprise, Ridge testified that Judge Rainey had not only signed the search warrants for the accused's homes, but he also helped draft it. Now, this was a, fuck? Yeah. Now, this was a highly unusual thing where a judge was being asked to rule on the legality of something he helped draft. Ridge also testified that Judge Rainey had read Jesse's confession and had found some problems with it.
2: So there's no, there's just no such thing as a conflict of interest here?
1: No. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I'm checked out. <laughs> Ruben's playing a game now, it looks like. For my mental health. <laughs> Uh, okay. So, Wadley pressed on by attacking the search warrant's vagueness in its description of quote cult material. Wadley asked Ridge to clarify his definition of cult material. As uh, a- <laughs> if anything has got a dragon on it. <laughs> as a definition, the detective began: "A cult material as a cult would be a group, and the cult materials would be any kind of groups with symbolism." writing paraphernalia that would agree with a cult that was so just, sports yeah would press to be more specific- i've got
2: a bunch of cult shit on my desk right there you see i'm in i'm in an anime cult a video game cult and uh
1: another anime cult
2: yeah different anime i'm it's in actually two different, two anime, different anime and
0: two different video game cults
2: actually yeah. it's three different anime
1: i don't which other
0: anime
2: it's got oh I didn't uh, see I've got my hero I've got, got, my hero, the, got my... Rimuru and I've got uh, oh. Kid Boo Kid, Kid Boo. Boo sorry yeah. and and I've got a uh, couple of Minecraft things there and then oh I ge- that is
0: Minecraft huh I
2: I guess I'm in a Japanese cult too because I've got like a little little light up sakura tree so. That
0: fits broadly within anime.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So when pressed to be more specific, Ridge answered, books, reading materials, drawings, knives, anything of that nature.
0: I am so
1: done. (laughs) He then added that at one of the homes, they found a poem of questionable nature.
2: Oh, God. (laughs) No,
1: it's not Lila. I don't even remember the name (laughs) of that. It's 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 not Leah Sublime? Leah Sublime. No, it's not (laughs) Leah Sublime. It doesn't say.
2: That's, I, I, I I wanted him to have to read it out loud in court.
1: So, to fight the issues with the search, oh, I'm sorry. Oh,
2: shit. Let me come.
1: So, the defense lawyers also called Lisa uh, Sacavicius.
2: I would rather hear you read Leah Sublime again.
1: I know. And they, Anna, honestly, <laughs> I wish he would right now. <laughs> I, like. I'm trying to get to a good stopping point.
2: No,
0: you're fine. No, it's fine. fine. I just wow I just I it's legal proceedings and I have said all that I can say on it many a time. <laughs> so yeah. the, the it I'm all bit... sucks and I have no surprises coming.
2: That's right. I'm a little bit uh more interested in the the legal proceeding yeah. part of this because yeah. um my favorite part of all the procedural crime dramas was always uh the courtroom. Yeah. The oh trust me, trial. we're gonna be
1: in the courtroom for probably a couple weeks.
2: I know, so. um, but they're my favorite parts because yes, like Ruben just said, they're clusterfucks. There are probably no surprises coming, but it's, they're all clusterfucks in a very different way. Right. And it's oftentimes one of my favorite things to be mad about because there is a specific way that these things are supposed to happen, And
0: Don said the judge was a cop. Yeah. And I immediately was like, well, there's no chance.
2: Yep, (laughs) That's yeah. Yeah. Pretty fucking much. But I few things make me mad in the same way that uh, courtroom farces like this do. Right. And I don't want to say it's enjoyable to be mad about it because it's fucking infuriating. It's not at all fun. But it is always one of the most interesting parts to me.
1: So the defense lawyers also called Lisa Sacavicius, an analyst for the state of Arkansas's crime lab. She said that she had driven uh, to assist the police in the search of the teens' houses and said that she would be surprised if any of the fibers found with the dead bodies had been found in Jason's house. When pressed by Jason's attorney, she stated that there was no scientific reason that the searches had to be conducted at night. So to fight the issues with the wow, s- yeah, so to fight the issues with the search warrants, Fogelman called Judge Rainey, who remember was the guy who helped. Um, I can't think of the word now. Create the search warrant. Yeah, he helped draft them. Drafted, thank you. The judge contradicted Detective Brace's testimony stating that he had been called to the police station after Jesse had been questioned, but insisted that he had no participation in drafting the search warrant.
0: Bullshit. Wow.
1: Yeah. He also stated that he approved the warrant based on the quote, close relationship between the accused and the fact that evidence could possibly be destroyed or removed. It was, if it was not gathered immediately, Ford argued that the U S Supreme court had been quite strict in setting limits on nighttime searches, but Judge Burnett rejected the argument, stating that, quote, Judge Rainey was on very solid ground.
2: Oh, fucking course.
1: So Fogelman's next unusual move was to issue prosecute, prosecutorial subpoenas, which allowed him to question witnesses under oath before their trials. Before their trials. When Fogelman went to question Damien's family, Judge Burnett assigned a court appointed attorney to represent them. The day of the interview, Ron Lax tagged along. When he was introduced to the family's lawyer, the, pers- the lawyer informed him that he knew Damien was guilty. When Lax ad- asked him how he had come to this conclusion, the man stated, quote, They found the boy's penis and testicles in a glass jar in Damien's room.
2: Uh, what?
1: When Lax tried to explain that this was not true, the man told him he needed to check his sources. The interaction had proven to Lax just how far the rumors had spread through the area. Check check your sources huh yeah aka that's, ex- that's 90s for fake news
0: Well, yeah well, that's that's, that's, that's today
2: exactly for the fake same news. shit that qAnon people respond with when you try to say no actually jfk is not alive and waiting to appear at the the state capitol to address the people they're like well you need to check your sources about this absurd thing that's obviously not going to happen it's so fucking delusional we throwing shit at me? I didn't throw it at you. It bounced towards me. It bounced in your vague
1: direction. <laughs> so, uh Yeah, so the interaction had proven to Lax just how far the rumors had spread through the area. And it also made him wonder if some of the rumors had been started by the police. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. So Jason's lawyer also argued that the, all the publicity about cult activity centered on Damien and that if the two cases were tried together, Jason would be accused of activity that none of the evidence showed supported the idea that Jason was involved. Ford pointed out in Arlene Hollingsworth tes, Harling, Hollingsworth's testimony that she had seen Damien on the service road the night of the murders with Dominie, not Jason. This put the defense in an antagonistic position and therefore they should not be tried together. Even Damien's defense argued to have their trial separate, but Judge Burnett ruled otherwise. He denied the request of both sets of lawyers under the concept of judicial economy and stated that he did not find any reason that either defendant could be unduly jeopardized by a joint trial. He addressed the lawyer's concerns by advising them that the jury, of course, would be instructed that they are to treat each defendant separately in viewing and evaluating the evidence. Um, Jesus, yeah.
2: I, I mean, at this point, though, it doesn't fucking matter. No, it, if I, they're tried no. separately, it has it, no. Literally, bearing. the point
0: that it didn't matter. Well, I mean, it was thirty fucking years ago or whatever. But like, it, like literally, as soon as Don said in the fucking first episode that it had been more than a week that they had been targeting these boys, and that the other evidence, like it, it was an outside scene. The, the evidence is gone, dog. Yeah. Like, they're never going to find the people who really did this. So it's been over for them since then. Yep. But, like, it was really the nail in the coffin was when you literally were like, this guy was uh, an ex-policeman and, and prosecuting attorney. So what is, what what like, obviously his whole deal is going to be put them bitches in jail. Right. That's
1: been his job for his whole life. Yep. So Burnett also ruled that despite Jesse and Jason's attorney's best efforts, both of them now Jamie was eighteen, so yeah. but Jesse and Jason would both be tried as adults, stating that I find in that that the seriousness of the offense was most serious, grievous, and heinous. The fact that there were three eight-year-old boys murdered in the f- in in the fashion depicted to the court, the violence exhibited that certainty al- alone is enough to warrant that this charge be heard by a jury. And circuit court, and that's where we're going to leave off this week because I think it's. uh <laughs>
2: You think we've had enough? I think you've had enough. I think we've had enough. Yes, huh?
1: I think I think you've been punished enough this week.
2: Fuck's sake!
1: Welcome to Two Towns Over, not a BDSM podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so yeah, so we're going to wrap that up there for today. God and, uh,
2: damn. Okay, yeah. uh don't forget, Ruben and I are streaming later. Um, we we're probably still gonna be mad about it's you're, a whole different set of things. A whole next different week. set of things. Yeah, it's you're, we're gonna be mad about something that you won't hear for another seven days. But uh, literally, just like you know, you don't even have to come and stay for the whole uh, probably two three hour stream. Just uh, dro- drop by, say hi. We'll appreciate it. Um, yeah. We'll be probably talking to everyone in chat um, if anybody actually shows up. I have no idea if this little experiment is gonna work at all. <laughs> but uh it's I we're, know I'm
0: gonna play some Sea of Thieves and right. probably some guilty gear.
2: Exactly. We're gonna play some video games. We're gonna have a blast. If you guys want to come and say hi to us while we do that, maybe watch and give us bad ideas to do in those video games. Uh that would also be really cool.
1: And I will not be doing that.
2: We'll we'll rope you in at some point.
1: Not this Sunday.
2: No, not 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 now.
1: No. By the time you guys start streaming, I'll be asleep. No, the... we're,
2: st- we're streaming pretty early.
1: You yeah, guys played till 7 at... o'clock this morning. I work we
0: did. at 7 a.m. on Mondays. I am not streaming until 7 a.m. This is <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> it really cannot happen.
1: So I don't think we've got any other uh, updates or anything like that. Anybody no, you want to shout out?
2: Uh, fuck Billy Mitchell.
1: Fuck Billy Mitchell. Fun fuck on.
2: Gary Mitchell. <laughs> I hate I hate it. <laughs> Fuck cancer Fuck cancer
0: uh, This has been two towns over We're sorry
1: that we That you couldn't have enjoyed your visit <laughs> <laughs> But uh, check your sources And uh, we'll see you next time Damn <laughs> I'm not speaking to anybody in particular But uh, bye. Bye Deuces